Welcome to Thug Crowd Radio. Please listen to this important disclaimer in its entirety. All participants of this Thug Crowd Radio episode are characters. None of the stories told during these episodes are based on facts, truth, or reality. All works of fiction displayed during this episode that resemble real-life situations are coincidental and are not meant to serve as guides or tutorials to commit any crimes in any country. Please consult an attorney for local laws and regulations. And as always, trust your inner criminal. What's good? Just gotta turn that off there. Howdy. Greets. Greets to everybody. Hi. Welcome, everybody, to season two, episode 18 of Foot Crowd. Hey, this will, be a, this will be fun. Some good stuff happened this week. <laughs> this is a lot of stuff happened this week. We were talking about it last week. I was like, it's not a lot of news. We were like kind of covering some weird stuff, and we kind of went deep diving into like how pseudo works and stuff like that. And then like, now it's just like, there are so many different breaches and just horrible things. Um, <laughs> it's exciting. I'm gonna throw our show notes into the chat here. Um, we're also excited to have Wirefall with us. Um, howdy. Evening, afternoon, morning, wherever you are. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah, I don't know how there are two of you. Yeah, I've cloned myself cool, from the stream. Zoom is very spooky. They're... I assume that anything that bad that happens is just some horrific bug. Yeah, it's just like uh, somebody runs an O-Day live on air. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa Zoom. <laughs> this is the place where that would probably happen. So, um, I hope so. I mean, you know, could to get that thread intel somehow. Yeah, you do. Um, so yeah, um, so we got a lot of stuff to cover. So I'm gonna. Um, does anybody have anything cool to they want to share before we get into the announcements? Yeah, uh, I got one of them them Pernigotchis put nice. together this week. Oh, awesome! Uh, yeah, it's pretty. I put it together and I touched the thing and then I turned it on and now it's just just burning. Hell yeah. Evil Sockets been doing some is, crazy stuff recently. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's pretty well put together. There's like a couple of things that, like, um, but I'm, I'm sure that, uh, yeah, he's been doing a really good job and hope to see what comes from it next. I mean, how much there is packaged into that. Yeah, it's like TensorFlow on a friggin' Raspberry Pi with an e ink screen of your choice. Like, <laughs> well, also, like, the 802.11 communication. Like yeah, it's all the up. custom 802.11 stuff for near nearby communication. 
application and like the pwn mail and pwn grid stuff oh yeah the whole back end of its stuff uh, is is there as well it's like insane knock this out in like a really short time frame too <laughs> yeah you really did oh you know what i forgot to update this hold on one second <laughs> oh it still says episode 17. Yeah, shout out to the background. This is a uh, pulls by Rolla. R Rolla. Uh, we talked about this uh, last week for a second. About um, this is like a what two hundred and no, how big is it? It's two hundred and fifty-six byte DOS demo. It's insane. It's like this whole three D engine that's just in two hundred fifty-six bytes of assembly. I don't want to um, disassemble that. Have fun. Yeah, good luck. Actually, this this demo here um, introduced like some new tricks to DOS demos themselves for like initializing stuff that saves like a ton of time when you do demos. And it's just like this guy just dropped this demo, and then just it was like, also this trick in it. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah, look it up. Pulls by Rolla. Um, but hell yeah, though. Um, Ponagachi. Mm, got it. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. Um. So I got some announcements to make here. So we got a few things going on. Um, the first one is we are having a 24 hour charity event like we did last year where we had um, 24 hours of CTS. But this time we have a pretty ridiculous idea. Um, it's a 24 hour charity hackathon. It's based on Chopped, the uh, Food Network show where you get like random ingredients and you have to like do stuff like a lot of those shows are similar. We have like a bunch of weird secret ingredients in very short periods of time. Um, so you're gonna have 24 hours to do things. Um, and so if you look in the show notes, um, you can submit ideas for the challenge. Um, and so the goal is to basically do something like, um, oh, hold on, that's the team sign up. Oh man, I might've flipped or switched the, oh man, hold on one second. Oh, you've acted. It's been yeah. acted. <laughs> I put the same link twice. Hold on. So I'm going to update this in the show notes later. Sorry. Um, this here, the link is, is, is in this is this link. Um, I'm going to throw this back here. Oh, wait, this is the edit button. Damn it. <laughs> Hold on. Now it's really hacked. Yeah, edit. really hacked. You won't be able to edit it, but this link. Okay, there we go. Um, okay. So <laughs> this here is the um, the link to to submit stuff to um, the actual hackathon. So basically, the idea is they're going to have teams of people that are going to um, be working on this project, and it's going to be like every single it's like a Mad Lib, and so it's going to be randomly generated when we um, start the um, the stream, and so it'll be like a blank that blank and uses like blank, blank, and blank. And so there's examples like a Bitcoin API that tweets whale emojis at John McAfee and uses Scratch, Docker, and a custom kernel module. Um, things like this. Um, online sloth that locks your computer and lets you take a break and uses like Borland Turbo Pascal and SQLite and uh, Node.js. So yeah, basically anybody who has any really weird things that they'd wanna see people try to use um, in, a like in a competitive way, um, definitely submit to this because it's going to be hilarious. Um, so we're going to do it for charity, though. We're doing it for Extra Life, um, which benefits the Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. Um, 
It's going to be a 24 hour stream. Halfway through the stream, we're going to drop the third ingredient that they have to make. And then the winners will be announced later on at some point. Um, but you can donate money. All the information is on those, um, those two forms there. And if you want to sign up as well, um, click either of the links in the show notes because they both lead to the team sign up. Um, so yeah, anybody's in here who is interested and wants to test their might um, with some really obscure things that people suggest from the internet. Um, we uh, please, we had a little bit of confusion on that though. Uh, so between the chopped and the IoT CTF. Yeah, so we're gonna have to postpone the IoT CTF. Um, so we had. We had in the works an IoT CTF, which we had not really announced that much, and we're going to do it for the November 2nd stream. Um, but it's it's actually a lot more complicated than we thought to emulate like 15 different IoT devices and make them vulnerable and make it scalable and also create like uh, these C2 servers um, and a whole game server. We have a lot of it done, but there's a lot more to kind of um, work out. And so we have been working together. Shout out huge. Shout out to Ilya, um, or Drabliakos, I think, in the, is that his name on Twitter? I forget. Ilya, though, in our chats. Ilya, he, um, he has uh, done a significant amount of work, also shout out to Cedric as well, um, for uh, emulating a ton of different vulnerable IoT devices. Like, each one of these things that they've done already is, like, worthy of, like, a whole class on how to do this sort of thing um, for, like, a... a an exploit development class, but this is like being scaled out like a lot. We also have a perfectly, um, perfectly contained uh, malware C2 in a Docker container that would be anybody who's playing will be able to use. But yeah, we are, um, we're going to be postponing it though, and we're gonna be looking for sponsors because we're actually going to need a lot more infrastructure um, and just general sort of uh, of things to sort out. Stuff in like a, a setting like that. Um, so we're still working that out. We'll have more information about that at some point in the future. Um, if you want to get involved with that though, you can definitely DM at ICTF on Twitter. Uh, we have uh, Twitter for that and we're gonna be getting that stuff together soon. Um, but yeah, so for anybody who does want to help out, if you want to participate or if you just want to be a part of the madness, um, hit us up as well for the chopped thing big big shout out to comrade evie for coming up with this idea we wanted to make something that she um they had come up with the uh a couple of different like ideas for this sort of thing and we're just gonna rock through all of them so that's the one thing these we i i'm trying to get people to help us create show notes um so i've been creating the show notes for like a year and a half and I make new show notes every week, and I would like uh, assistance, I guess, or at least to open it up to people who would want to make something the way that, that we do, or make something completely different um, in ways to present this kind of content to people. Um, so if you are interested, you can hit me up on Twitter at NetFooky. Yeah. And the last announcement that we have is Wait. that we have a new chat challenge out, and it's been out for almost a week now, and no one has solved it yet. Um, but the entry point to it is in, the show notes um, at the top of the page. So if you want to get hacking, um, I would definitely check it out. Yeah, yeah. Just check the uh, check the the place where you'll be at the end, and uh, it's, it's looking pretty bare. Yeah, I even checked this like canary um, <laughs> that I had set up for it, and it has not been triggered yet. 
Um, so yeah, it's um kind of surprised actually. I thought somebody would eventually get it, but I don't know. This is the longest that somebody's gone without solving one of our challenges. Well, and, and if you uh, if you're gonna DM anywhere and keep asking for the Discord, there's not one. This is it. This is what you. This is it. <laughs> this is this is what what you're looking for. So <laughs> Discord. Yeah, we do not have a Discord. Um. <laughs> oh yes, I, I just saw this. Uh, Asler XO perfectly contained his famous last words. Yes. <laughs> not bad. I'm not helping you out with the show notes to you. I. I, I'm a perfectionist when it comes to asking ANSI and I never can finish anything on time. <laughs> yeah, see, I've, I've perfected the, the art of do everything in an hour, it looks okay, and that's good. It's, I've been, I'm, it's, doing it show looks notes okay. has helped me not be as much of a perfectionist because I, I can't afford to. Um, so <laughs> I just do it and then, yeah, it takes me like an hour or two, but it's still a lot though. I want to make, I want to have like good quality content. So they're just doing the same sort of thing over and over yeah. again. I mean, we curate the links separately from making this. Yeah, you, you won't have to. to, to yeah, you won't have to do the the, the links if you do um, do the show notes um, because we have bots that do it for us. Or the aggregate can help us actually. No, no, well, we don't have any bots. What are we talk about it. Oh yeah, we've got to have at least three Safari, a member of Thug Crowd. Everybody knows. <laughs> a member, you need to be indoctrinated. We jump you in literally with a jump instruction, and uh... <laughs> it's a short jump, negative one bytes. Um, so the yeah, there's also a lot of cool stuff in Safari if you uh, want to check it out. There's been a lot of activity, almost more than I could put in here because there's some things that were too interesting. It's its own but yeah check out um the idrak dorks and that x sun mobile <coughs> probably the most it looks like a postgres thing and, and also um zero your shodan dark mode is in there as well yeah that's the black hat version of oh, shodan yeah. for anyone who doesn't know black hats only use dark mode and now they're allowed to use shodan too true story thank you <laughs> thanks xr all right, so we have a lot of news to cover. So let's jump right into it with NordVPN. Oh. This was awesome. They are going to get <laughs> absolutely so flogged in this part of the show. Yeah, so NordVPN, the saga of this started out with that tweet that they did that said uh, you can't, it was, it read like a dollar VPN, like a, like a, like a budget dollar VPN club tweet that said that you can't get hacked if you use a VPN basically and but it was it was like y'all y'all won't get hacked if you're using a vpn dog like they yeah. were trying yeah no. it was oh. like <laughs> hold up we're about to get a a guest twitch appearance oh nice from a certain vpn provider oh awesome um so they tweeted out that tweet though uh, and then my favorite part was the report from kexec that just said hey not our work but you guys have been pwned for a while and then just dropped like a link to a, a leak of all of their private keys, which was already posted publicly, but then it, they made it more public, I guess, by replying to that tweet. But then a bunch of people saw that and then were like, oh shit, all of these private keys for search were just leaked, as well as the fact that somebody apparently had root access on some production box of theirs. And then they had to dial back their, their initial tweet, delete it, and then they 
have to now address this aspect of it. So, yeah. My favorite I'm, was when CryptoStorm came through with the citations. Yes. <laughs> what a no, people, people really went in, though, because, I mean, NordVPN and a lot of other VPN providers, I mean, they just, they have, that's why, like, VPN Club was a thing, was because of the sort of providers that say things like that. But then the fact that they actually, on top of that, already have a security incident that's happened a long time ago and people are just still using their service like i don't know but this is the straight case of uh, uh we're unhackable you know the unhackable contain it's perfectly content like military grade like using all these buzzwords you're basically saying to people who can break into you lol you can't break into us and like they didn't want to but they don't want to do it for the money they didn't care about and most of the time, I will not trust a VPN that doesn't log. That that's mean there's no IDS. Yeah, that you know we don't log anything. It's like uh huh, yeah. And then there's a subpoena, and there's like every log. Um, <laughs> most insulting thing to me in this whole thing was didn't didn't at one point they say something like it was just one server. Like we only have those only one node out of like eight. Yeah, it was an isolated incident. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, and then they went into excuse. into mad like dat boy backpedaling mode, and it's like, okay, but what really happened then? Because it was either one node or you guys got totally goofed on. Yeah, I, I mean, well, even if it's one node, if you're grabbing keys for for certs and what, and also somebody has rooted it, it's, I mean, there's it's pretty much game over in, in that kind of scenario when your whole thing relies on you being able to encrypt web traffic that's what you do that's like what your service actually is but it's also what i, I found really amusing is like, like the, you know they've always said that they're military grade they're on tv saying they're military grade and i guess they are um <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> everything is hackable just a matter of time and resource right uh i don't know i, I found it funny like so um Miss Twitch herself, like the Amaranth ASMR girl, literally has like, so I don't know what she has anything to do with internet security, but uh, she, she does have like a Nord VPN, like on her Twitch stream on the video, like over. Oh, yeah, that, that's fucking widespread well, now. With the, a lot of people YouTubers do. And shit to promote their shitty VPN. But yeah. They, but like what they have these people aren't security experts they're not even like it pros they're not they don't even assemble their own computers it's like let me yeah. just sell the vpn no i mean there's a lot of I, so i watch a good amount of youtube stuff and that's like my least favorite part and it makes me like not really respect the people who are making the content when they're like all right, all right so before i get into this uh you know top 10 anime betrayals I gotta tell you about NordVPN, and then they just start saying stuff that they—they're—they're they're like almost worse than a marketing person because they are not informed at all, and they're just getting paid for their livelihood on YouTube, and so they're just saying like weird stuff, like they're, you know, like this will protect you from hackers, everybody like your ex, like all this stuff like that. Come on, who's typing uh, that? You almost you. Uh, meet that mic. <laughs> I'm also like okay. slapping them keys. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit, my bad. No worries. Um, but yeah, but yeah it's, it's, it's tough because that when you have that sort of that sort of like community advertisement as like one part of your, your core advertisement to people, that is what spreads a lot of the disinformation that becomes canon with a lot 
Yeah, and basically people got a false conception of security. Everything is hackable. I prefer a provider that's going to have transparency, that's going to tell, oh, this happened, instead of lying about everything. Yeah. I think well, the, like, and here's what the thing in, in yeah. retrospect, too, you, on, you only get one chance to do the kind of message that you need to do in a breach like this. You know, like I, I don't know that anybody ever really expected Nord, NordVPN was going to be uncompromised perpetually, but you know, <clears> like you have, you have an issue like this and you royally just screw up the way that they did on the messaging. And you put a lot, you take a lot of the confidence that you had and just burn it just right there. Yeah. I think there are a lot of that. Yeah, there's no going back. A lot of the customers aren't going to switch because they'll be like, oh, yeah, but I already have a VPN. Yeah, it's fixed now. I never had, like, they didn't read anything. They they probably didn't read those tweets and they just maintain a, a large part of their customer base because they're the people who have been watching YouTube. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of time people like they're gonna just gonna trust what is written on the website. Yeah, and then yeah, you're not gonna Google which VPN provider is the safest because all of them protect you from uh, they protect you from identity theft. Uh, they protect you from credit card fraud. Um, I don't know what else to be. <laughs> what the fuck, credit card fraud? That's stupid. Yeah. They protect you from Wi-Fi hacking. <laughs> Why? They protect you from uh, car accidents. Those reasons are so stupid. They protect you from getting canceled on Twitter. They pre- yeah, so. yeah. Shadow, you'll never get shadow banned if you use... Right. Basically, they just obfuscate your location, yeah. <laughs> they protect you yeah. in 4chan, yes. Um, yeah, so no, there's 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 a lot of disinformation about it. It's really tough to get the messaging out, especially because when you're in the circles like we are, we're really preaching to the choir. Like nobody in in our chats is not. Technical. Yeah, you know, like, like you guys doing, have a fucking atmos paranoid with everything. <laughs> yeah, well, like so. But I, I know the Thug Crowd Twitter account, you know, recommended here is how to easily set up your own VPN, and that's great for anybody with any technical acumen, but a large majority of people who are trying to use these don't even have that. You know, yeah. I, w- one of the, the recommendations I had, I may have inadvertently recommended NordVPN at some point, not by name, but that they operate out of Panama, which basically there isn't a mandatory data retention law and there are no extradition. Basically they say, fuck you to the U S yeah. uh, whenever supposedly. Um, so that was, that's a positive. Uh, what will we re- recommend? Say, oh, yeah, but, but that can be used against the user as well. I think uh, so. You know, because what, what are we going to recommend if 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 you say no, you're stupid for using this because they had bad marketing or whatever? Uh, yeah. You know, well, what's the average user supposed to do? Yeah. I think for an so, average user looking at something like um, uh, like Rise Up or you know one one of the they explain exactly what they do. Like there's a yeah, a Rise Up. A bit messy. It's not even their product. Yeah, I mean, you're not gonna again. You're gonna see what are these people getting out of using a VPN? Like, what are they real? Like, you know, oh, I'm not gonna get DDoS on Xbox Live, and my ping's gonna be shit. But um, that, is that what they're really after? Like, why? Yeah. You know, I, don't, I, really I think that's that sort of thing though is what is lost on a lot of people who think because of marketing they need a VPN for whatever reason. 
And while it's not, it's like, yeah, we did share um, a, a links to setting up your own VPN and that's great for some people, but yeah, it's definitely not realistic for the average user who just wants privacy, but isn't necessarily a computer person. But what's, I think the most insidious thing about all this is the yeah, but the, the now has actually ruined a lot of the ability for people to yeah, actually but get information. Those company abuse of a mistake that ISP do, they, they sell their customer information mm -hmm. that doesn't help. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, either way. The moral of the story here is that Dollar VPN Club has uh, a new gap in the market, I think is what I'm hearing. <laughs> I think it's important to remember that um, when like you already, so who can see your traffic in like, you know, the case of VPNs, like, yeah, the VPN endpoint and whatever's coming through, all right, your ISP can't, but your ISP has your docs and your ISP, like you literally pay them money and they have a connection. Yeah, but it's not only that, the DNS is in plain text, there's a lot of shit, like your DNS could get poisoned, but yeah, that's not the problem of average people. Yeah, right. Yeah. So if you're an average, if you're an average user, there are scenarios where it's better to not use a VPN, just yeah. use your regular ISP because it's their job. Like that, you know, not that they're good at it, but that's not also to say that looks like, as we've seen right here, that these paid VPN services aren't any better at securing a network than your ISP are. Yeah. yeah. I think what's, what's tough is that it's hard for the average user to know what the, like the rubric is for a trustworthy VPN service, right? Because people are <clears> saying, <throat> I want privacy, I want security, I don't want to pay a lot of money. And those kinds of things are the driving factors to what make their choices. And so then when something comes along, yeah. it says like, oh, for like a dollar or, or whatever, you can get unlimited, you know, DDoS protection and like, you know, your-, your Yeah, this, this reminds me antivirus market. Yeah. I mean, it's the same sort of thing, but like that's what's tough is just hard to fight the disinformation of marketing because marketing people have a budget and we are just here. Yeah, and there's money involved. Yeah, the, the so it's it's very difficult to, to to actually recommend something to somebody. Even people that I know that aren't very technical, but are like my friends and family, it's it's hard for me to say what to what to do. You know. Well, the thing that's interesting to me is that I think that people have an understanding that <clears throat> VPN is something that they might want. You know, like that wasn't a market that really existed before what five years ago, like it to the yeah. scale that it exists today. So I think this is something. That but whether there's you're right there's no there's like a sliding scale of security but that doesn't that nuance doesn't exist for the people who are in this market like they yeah want something but then Stephen again like there's reliable. there's some of my friends who don't care about that they just go want a netflix on the computer <laughs> that's all they're gonna yeah. do Random people yeah. don't think about threat modeling, you know, like the person who's gotten hyped into marketing that decides that they need a VPN doesn't really have the like steps in mind of what is bringing them to this consensus. We're in like a society right now that's very reactionary. Everything that we see is like fear driven and paranoia driven. It seems Yeah, like. they, that's what the, the gov want. If you and, fear, and, you know, VPN providers drive, are, are a simple like, solution that you can roll out across a bunch of virtual servers. And then all you have to worry about is shilling that service to random people. And then you start making money. I mean, the idea that like 
this was an isolated incident with NordVPN's real funny because you know if they're really doing this service at scale that this is going to be deployed the exact same configuration on n number of machines out there. So if someone was able to root one of them, I mean, there's nothing stopping that person from rooting all of them, you know? Yeah. What up, Ansible? And, like, and, where the puppet at? <laughs> where the puppet at? Forget um, threat modeling. The average person has no situational awareness, period. Yeah, that's the thing. People are kind of brainwashed. Oh, I need this. Oh, I, I don't need that. But in reality, it just doesn't understand the technology. Yeah. Um, I think that, like, yeah, it's it's really sort of like our job. Is yeah, and... Uh, Again, another thing, people are going to use VPN, but their DNA is going to be in plain text. A lot of the clients these days are just like wrapped up, packaged, uh, uh, open VPN clients, right? Like so most of these are? Yeah, I don't even use Go open on. VPN anymore. Wire guard is twice faster. Seems like everyone's doing those IPsec open swan installs. Well, I, I just do like multi up WarGuard VPN. Like IP table. Swan. I'm good. Strong swan and open swan is like wrecking. <clears throat> like all those IPsec clients are just like mad painful. Yeah, I don't do that at home. Fuck off. It's painful. I'm way too lazy. It also is not compatible with. <laughs> A lot of what I've been needing it for, so can't use yeah. it. Yeah, too too much of a pain for nothing. I, of course, if you have like VLAN, multiple machine, okay, IPsec might be a good idea, but on the own network where you you got just your Wi-Fi, your wired connection, that's a bit too much. Yeah. Oh, so um, we're kind of, it's a 10 o'clock now, so we should maybe get into the second news item here. Um, Let's go. VPN, which is also VPN, VPN companies. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the next one also has to do with the VPN. Um, but this is a vast who said that people had breached their internal network through a compromised VPN profile. So this one is interesting because this is a second attempt at hacking CCleaner. Um, so CCleaner... <laughs> was backdoored, uh, was it two years ago? Uh, the builds were poisoned and um, they pushed out a build that I forget what exactly it did, but I know it was malicious. Um, I thought Basically, uh, their keyword was um, compromised so yeah. they could push updates. Yeah, so they, this is the second time that this has happened again. I don't know, this doesn't seem like it was actually, like actually breached or actually um, like maliciously poisoned, but yeah, this has happened twice now. And it's an interesting target because I want to know who's using CCleaner that they know uses CCleaner. <laughs> you know? It's like a it's like a lot of work. That's stupid, but there's probably millions of machine with the fucking software installed. Yeah, I mean it's just it's tough because this now like it, it so it seems that the the response that they had to this, right? Like we're changing all their signing keys and changing user passwords and everything, there was still a way to get back in because they had taken other ways of getting onto um, you know, the corporate VPN here. And yeah, I mean, that's 
that's a pretty nightmare scenario because you don't know what else kind of data they have and what they might have taken to have persistence again. Um, so, yeah, data. People don't realize how much data works. Yeah, so I mean, I guess it's like suspected to be Chinese state-sponsored APT shit. Um, <laughs> like, so I guess the target in mind, <laughs> like profiled and recon their target, decided that they, like, well, you know, come to the conclusion that they uh, definitely use this and it's, it's worth compromising like the whole CCleaner uh, platform in order to get to their targets. Yeah. Um, like, does this come with a VAS? Like, I, I don't know shit. I don't know. I, I used to use CCleaner because I'm not good at Windows. And when I'm like, there's a lot of junk files. I just yeah, Windows is fucking complicated too. Yeah. But so, oh, no, I always like that kind of software, but then I like have stopped recommending it to people because of problems like this. But yeah, it's just an interesting thing that this specific program has been targeted because Avast makes a lot of other projects as well. If you're already in that sort of network, I mean, I guess if you know what that, that the sort of build pipeline looks like, that might be an easier target, but it's interesting. So, so I, I wonder if this is like, CCleaner is, is really like truly loved by a lot of people who maintain endpoints and maybe don't have the kind of security yeah, well, apparatus if? that they might need. So this is the kind of thing that ends up on a gold disc and then ends up in like every machine mm -hmm. in an enterprise. So. Wouldn't I wonder if their stock did drop before the act, because they, maybe they, they can do do this to their own company themselves. First, they will gather clicks. Two, if they did something under low, you never know. Yeah. I mean, do you I mean, it's definitely. Oh, sorry. What are you? Do you trust the? I was going to say, like, yeah, trusting vendors and stuff. It's always difficult when you're installing trusted software into. If you can't read the fucking code, don't execute it. Yes. Um, I'll see you in. Sadly, most computer computer users can't read the code of any application, whether they have it or not. Yeah, all 26 million lines of the Linux kernel. Read no, it. <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> Start with the manual. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's no, why we, we need Redux. We just have to have it programmed into our brains. Um, so yeah, um, I don't know. It's it, interesting though um, to see that this sort of thing is still happening with CCleaner, and I guess don't use it. I don't know. Hopefully, someone just has a cool PowerShell script that just does it for you instead. Um, so we can go on to the next uh, story here too. Um, this is. Feds busting um, one of the dark web's biggest child porn sites thanks to tremendously bad OPSEC. So if you hadn't seen the story earlier, um, the DOJ put out a bunch of stuff or they put out an announcement about um, shutting down this website. It's insane that this person had this whole operation and they were using their real name and phone number and credit card to uh, take out stuff on an American uh, Bitcoin exchange. What? Oh, Atmos, can you turn off your mic? Thanks. <laughs> it's like you're just opening a bunch of cans of soda. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, the person who had ran this site had um had used their like real name and information to cash out payments for this website. 
that's I, I, it just well, it becomes like it was, it, was a, it was a JavaScript uh, issue, wasn't it, on the main page that allowed them to get the IP addresses of several of them that were in the range, and it was in South Korea, correct? Yeah, yeah. So they're able to basically enumerate like through that, through Bitcoin payments, and ultimately through the fact that the person had been using their real information to put to receive payments for this. It's just pretty insane. Um, but I mean, like, fuck them. I'm glad it came down. Uh, it's insane that that was like the reason. Why. And on on the uh, the announcement, did you see the uh, the reporter that had received a tip? Basically, I think it was two years prior. Had been holding it the whole time um, yeah. because the hacker group that had notified him, you know, they couldn't access the site to verify it. Of course, for reasons. Um, but it actually ended up being legitimate that, but they were there six months after evidently the, uh, the feds had started their investigation. But I think it really goes to show the concern of vigilante, vigilanteism, uh, that mm -hmm. could have completely destroyed the entire investigation. Yeah. And that's like the, the tough part with stuff like this is, a, you know, it's already inherently fucked up and then people are going to want to take action against it. And so anybody who does find something in there you know if you're security minded and also have morals and want to fuck up this sort of thing it's you know trivial if you're going to do so but burn them alive oh how did you get what <laughs> i just hope yeah, i can actually uh get these guys this time because they don't have a great track record the last few years yo you fucking catfish one and chuck his balls i mean that's Wait, so like that's one of the one of the problems though is like these investigations go for some time right so <clears throat> the feds might be watching the whole time mm. and vigilante hacker comes along though and and like you know puts their foot in the investigations and like rm's one of these guys or whatever and now that evidence was just about to make sure someone goes to jail forever uh disappears so it's like once like i know a lot of people are drawn towards like just taking them down themselves, like sitting on it for two years is a long time to sit on it. Um, but I guess like police got to do police. Yeah. Anyway, they can do, if they bust like a smaller one, they probably just going to waste their whole investigation. Yeah. And you know what? I'm when police are doing this work, it makes me a whole lot happier than when they're chasing security research. Oh, so, for but, sure. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> I just, you know, I just hope that they don't have the same issue that happened during the playpen investigation because that was just I personally I thought that, that was pretty I thought that was pretty sloppy. So what happened during that? So this is a couple of years ago. They were doing an investigation on a similar kind of like child porn forum. And I, I if I remember correctly, they co-opted it. So they did like a takedown of the infrastructure and just made it, they, they put their own added value onto it. And then they used, uh, they, they used their own proprietary exploit and payload to um, compromise people who would go to the site. So, and this is all, I'm doing this from memory. So I don't know how much of the detail I'm getting perfectly accurately said here, but they, they ended up taking these guys to a couple guys to court. And when the defense demanded to see um, 
the copies of the exploit and payload that they used, <coughs> FBI provided the payload that they called the network investigative tool, but not the exploit. And so they had to, they ended up having to throw out the whole case because the defense like, you know, demanded to see a part of their investigative technique and they wouldn't give it up. Shit. That sucks. For, from my understanding on this one is there's there's no doubt that, I mean, they, they took down this South Korea operator. Uh, it was being hosted in his bedroom. So there's no issue on on that. As far as the, the Johns go, um, I think that was the Bitcoin correlation, right? So they were, they were correlating Bitcoin transactions with that. Yeah. It wasn't actually an exploit. Yeah, good. So it sounds like the target is different for this one than it was for the playpen because they're actually targeting the visitors. What I like about this uh, story, though, is that uh, they've made it perfectly clear that Bitcoin transactions are not private, and the ledger is public, you fools. Absolutely. But, uh... It's always been, too. <laughs> it's always been, yeah, but... It, it's uh there's lots of great stuff hidden in the public ledger so like too so many good ascii's so many good pings that it's it's filled with joy and wonder uh there's also some terrible things hidden in there as well but uh i think isn't there an ascii image of kaminsky correct (laughs) there's uh actually there's virus signatures in there as well just to make sure like I'm pretty sure the the blockchain, it's like the Bitcoin blockchain. If you if you sync it, at one point it was uh, RMing certain people's wallets and stuff. Um, yeah, that was the greatest move ever that someone just threw out there. They were mad that they lost a bunch of crypto, so they got those signatures in there. So I, I forget it was like three out of five major AV vendors were just removing anything from the ledger completely off people's computers. <laughs> oh, what the fuck? Yeah, that was pretty early. That was that was a good one. <laughs> Imagine the person like fucking looking at his, at his computer, his old money just got fucking RM. Shit. Thanks, McAfee. <laughs> um, yo, let's move on to let's skip over this other story. Um, to because we're kind of running long on time here for the news and talk about this botnet that made a or $115,000 in five months from those sextortion emails. So the people who yep. are behind those emails, <laughs> those emails have, um, they made a pretty decent chunk of change from doing that. So if anybody hasn't seen it before, basically this email that says that they've, you visited a naughty website and I had your webcam on and I recorded you and I'm gonna send it to everybody in your contacts. And it's just like, so stupid and it says like send like four hundred dollars in bitcoin to this address oh that's what let me look that up was that tape sound amos was uh taping together his fat stacks from this campaign right <laughs> <What's this>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah i the guess band money so yeah i mean that's the that's a good band amount of money with the from DNS. That, because they they were only asking for like what is that 400 or something like that i think a little bit less than that um which is a, a decent amount of people because they they spammed these all over the place. I I had an e- one of my emails had so many of them that were just I don't know they had probably the same email list that they were just sending them out to. Um, but yeah, these emails were pretty prevalent for a while and very annoying. And we need a I think we need a Krebs laugh for this. 
What the fuck? What the fuck is that? That's Krebs laughing. <laughs> so, yeah, this song was, was propagated through, through malware. Um, it was pretty interesting, too. Um, and, yeah, so this is definitely... I don't know if you're trying to make $115,000 in five months. I guess that's one way to do it. No, but then what, what, what's the lost opportunity cost? Uh, you know, if it's burning malware or, or whatever, $100,000 really isn't that much. What could they have been doing? You know, uh, It was like an old campaign that had been around for a long time, and they took another older piece of malware and pulled it in. It was like yeah. a, a public Trojan that had been around a long time. They just yeah, they refactored their code and brought in like another piece of malware as a library asset. And they were like <clears> grabbing <throat> the user's window password and like showing it in the email to somebody or someone. Uh, so it was like a scare tactic in the second version. Yeah. Nice. Okay. I mean, that's all it takes is this. You put the put the, like the fear into the you know into the target, and all of a sudden they're doing backflips. Yeah, you got to drive the urn. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> For we had a guy can. this week who uh, he's going to be smashing pots for a while trying to find some rupees. Um, <laughs> rupees, uh, some story of Arul. Oh. Arul sweater. Yeah, if you did have a if you did have a botnet of this size, you definitely could make uh, probably more money doing something other than extortion. Yes, especially when you you're terrible at it. Right. <laughs> Spam tech career. Absolutely. Um, so this next story here, um, also pretty interesting too. It's more of a I'm in the good read section, but this is about. Um, phone companies that or this phone company mpc that was just run by a gang and this is the only <laughs> thing that I, I always suspect with the privacy companies the phone companies is that they're just run by criminals because who else can fund like a cell network and like other things like that that you would need um for perfect privacy on sketchy custom nexus and blackberries but they had like dual boot modes and they had like like physically removed cameras and stuff like yeah that's kind there of, was stuff a lot of r and d that went into it yeah like i actually would like to get a phone without a camera sometimes and like without you know without listening like siri or at google listening 24 7. That's why I don't own phone because that's not a phone. That's the tough part, though, is that when you buy those kinds of things, you don't know what horrible uh, syndicate. That, that's the thing. Like, if they were selling me a smartphone, I will get one. But that's not a phone. Yeah, I mean, like, this whole thing was basically just goes through the the history of these phones. Um, it's a pretty long read. Um, I miss my Nokia. For real, you can get it back. I mean, at the same time, though, you still have, you can still like do it's not great. from the, from the, uh, from the towers anyway, like from the cell towers, like something like, it doesn't have to be on the client that to get the details, I guess, like tracking people from, uh, for, like from even just like the cell they're connected to when they make a call or, you know, or when they ping the tower, like being totally inactive. So I guess the yeah. moral of the story. Well, yeah. let's say that like, just the tower and everything, the 5G, 4Gs, LTE, all those fucking network are flowered, like, by design. It's stupid. Yeah, just, 
Just take your phone and leave it at home and then go do your crime in person. I don't have a phone. <laughs> so it's How crime do you call your Uber when you're done with your crimes? True. Was, How do you call your home? I was a big fan of this, uh, this part of the story where the, a British hitman got caught with his phone because of uh, location, location data from his fitness device. Yes, that's the best part. It's just like you got cinched out by your like Fitbit. Linux yeah. on my Fitbit. That's some serious business though. They like sure. they like car bomb this dude <laughs> like to you know get back to them for it. So yeah, well, it's a, a definitely an interesting story if you want to follow up. It's like a gun it. to the back of his head, and then the guy didn't pull the trigger and like ran away. There's like surveillance footage of it. Like some yeah, at least he, he didn't act Amazon for Prime. Ill sick. Yeah. Uh, so we should move on to the next one. Yeah, we should move on to the next next one, which is Equifax used admin as a username and password for sensitive data. This is coming out of their lawsuit, their class action lawsuit. Um, so part of the lawsuit, <clears throat> Equifax employed the username admin and the password admin to protect a portal to manage credit disputes, a password that is a surefire way to get hacked. It's a lawsuit. Oh, it is wrong? All right, let me change my password. Yeah, I think uh, I think you may have hacked Equifax in a CTF, like any CTF that you've ever played. <laughs> I mean, I'm certain a lot of CTFs are definitely a bit harder than that. Um, so, yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's another just sad detail out of this, and hopefully but, Equifax does get I'd, I'd there. I'd like to ask the question of of why, why was it admin admin? Was it you know did it just had not been hardened, or um, the 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 biggest hack basically I've had in my professional career was twenty one million names, socials, date of birth, everything basically you need for uh, compromise from an Oracle server connected to the internet with default credentials. Now, there were like eight or nine servers that were um, providing services for this, this application. Only one was vulnerable. And the reason was, was because um, it had had an issue and, and crashed. So they restored from backup. Mm -hmm. But the backup had been done before the hardening. Oh. You know, so there, there could be a multiple processes that, that mm -hmm. contribute to this. It may not be that they just don't have hardening. You know, th th there could be a lot more details, I think, than just oh, saying, absolutely. oh, they suck because they did admin, admin. Well, I think that mm. we all kind of came to the conclusion, or at least I think many of us did, that there's just a a culture of bad security, like, baked into Equifax after the breach. I mean, if, yeah. you're, a, if you're a sysadmin, though, and you get told, hey, put this, put this box up, and you put it up, and then you've got 25 other things to do and you just forget about it. Like it's, it's not uncommon. No, it is true. I mean, how many tickets have you left, left uh, to, to rot on accident? Cause you were like tired already and like burning right. out and you're just like, Oh shit, I forgot to change yeah. the password. On the but that's like the one guy. That's like what auditing is for. And that's like a, probably a lot of their problems could have been avoided if they had actually gone through the process of doing something like auditing. Yeah, that's true too. Well, and the the, the restore from backup, like I think, is is one of the unique. The, the restore from backup, I think, is one of the unique ones because I mean, if you look at PCI requirements, you're required to have another pen test after any quote significant change to the environment. Yeah. Well, it's restoring from backup a significant 
change. It doesn't, for most organizations, I think they'd say no, but in this case, that's what allowed the, the compromise, you know? Yeah, that'd be a configuration change. So Yeah, I would yeah. say like restoring from backup, you would assume would be restoring to a point uh, after the test. But at the same time, I think there's definitely been like tests. Yeah, that people have done where um, there's not a and maybe they didn't test every single like login screen because they only had time to test like 50, like you know 50 out of 100 servers or whatever yeah. it's like yeah. you know, it's a five day five day window it's like a shitload of apps and it's you're the guy because they're going to pass pci and they're going to pass pci they're not going to fail it because they got money the dss like yep. specifically says that it has to be like a standing infrastructure that like you get that infrastructure pen tested and then it stands till your next penetration test but like in today's cloud-driven market, it's like completely infeasible since the servers aren't bare metal a lot of the time these days, anyways. So like, I wonder oftentimes, yeah. like, how would serverless a stay environment? Yeah, like, how how do you get around that kind of stuff? I think it comes down to the fact that it's like when you get one of these audits, it's like a whirlwind affair where like they come in, they do the penetration test, you show them all the stuff, you give them all your logs, they they look at what you give them and they say, yep, you met all the requirements. But like, if there are a hundred other servers that they don't find or scans or whatever because you hide them really well or something like that, like the auditors, it's not like they do their best too, just like everybody else. And if, if you don't show all of your hand, no one's going to really know what's all there. And I, I often wonder like the accreditors probably, it's a service that you pay for more than a service that you earn a lot of the times, especially when you're a huge business like Equifax. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's the same Apache Whisk install, right? They're not the same functions, but that's fine. And like standing infrastructure, I, I, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me anyways, because if you are doing your due diligence and you're patching and you're adding new updates when when vulnerabilities come out and you're you're making changes to those systems and you know every new piece of code that comes in a new vulnerability comes out of that code so it's like a constant like repeating process that goes on if anything like pci audits should be happening not like twice a year they should be happening quarterly or or monthly or whatever as like an ongoing well you should always have like some audit day rule and mail incoming you should be like stig compliant on all your bugs that, that's something if rule are not placed it's not because something did reset that's because there were not like proper rule in place yeah i think with a lot of infrastructures code stuff as well um it's very easy to see what you want but in in the configuration but you often miss uh what you don't want being left in configuration you know, after your uh your your elite ansible script is run maybe it didn't configure everything well, that's like, why you know, like a, like a usually, yeah. Uh, yeah. packages don't finish installing all the way you expect them to with like self-healing infrastructures and in air quotes or whatever i mean a new server could come up and not fully People don't often put like catches in those things that say like, if this didn't complete or this didn't meet all this criteria, I want you to try again. And after so many times, like kill myself off and try and launch another server. A lot of the time the script is just procedural, like run these commands and your script, you're, I'm ready to go as long as port 80 is up or whatever. Yeah, you didn't like one variable. 
for like uh, like standard error and you completely miss a thing with like Ansible or some other configuration thing. There's so many different things that can go wrong in like enterprise stuff like this, especially like just by hacking together stuff. It's like not like you like lose visibility on certain things. But yeah, that's definitely as Hexadecimal said, where auditing comes into play. Um, just auditing, especially PCI stuff. Just yeah, aid, audit, D. Those I mean, are important. Yeah. Or even just security audits in general, just as a cursory thing or having having uh, an idea, I guess, for asset management, something like that. Those are all things that come into play. I think the main point that I thought was interesting about that last story, though, was that that specific thing that admin admin was used as the credentials was named in the lawsuit. It wasn't just we lost our you know identities to these people. Yeah. The vulnerability that was pointed to, which is interesting. Lawyers know how to do uh, do slaps in the face, too, just like anybody else. <laughs> um so we're we're coming up on uh three minutes left until we're gonna do a little uh break um before we do our full interview with wirefall um but i kind of <clears> want <throat> to go for this last story here which is like the as uh <laughs> as risky business would say the skateboarding dog um this is samsung anyone's thumbprint can unlock a galaxy s10 phone nice um, this is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> that's, that's definitely an, an ultimate ultimate fail. But did you see also the pixel that's going to be put out? I think in a day or two, uh, the they removed the, the the fingerprint because they were so sure of their facial recognition. So you can't even do fingerprint, um, mm -hmm. and the facial recognition will identify you with your eyes closed. I don't know how anybody else here sleeps. But oh, yeah, what? Nice, nice. <laughs> the Google Pixel 4, which comes out in a day or two, uh, yeah, it will recognize you with your eyes closed on the facial recognition. That's really scary. That's, uh, a lot of yeah, people are going like, to have a lot of uh, games on their phone soon. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like, uh, you know, the whole underdress thing where your know, phones are not supposed to unlock. You look like you're, you know, underdress, but you definitely are underdress and it opens up. Like, one of the things I like to do when I was, was like, working in uh, the last office I was, I was in, was like went up to a couple of people and uh, just showed them their phone and an unlocked phone. So this Thanks. is gonna be like a blessing for anybody who commits a crime and then gets investigated on a phone like that, right? Because they've had problems getting people to comply with fingerprints. <coughs> What do you need their fingerprint for? And you can just take a picture of their face in the interrogation well, the, room. The, the fingerprints isn't that yeah, big of an solves. issue either because you, you can be compelled to, to give your fingerprint. You can't be compelled to give your code. Um, that's right. uh, fourth versus fifth amendment. So, yeah. There's needles uh, in Australia as well that they're trying to push through at the moment where if you don't hand over your, uh, your passphrases to a phone or a computer, you just go to jail. Even if you're not under suspicion of a crime, so that's what the fuck? That's sketchy. <laughs> it's not a it's not a law yet, but uh, it'll be here soon. I mean, it's like a it's it's resisting arrest, but without the arrest component, I guess. Yeah, like you're resisting you're resisting a search. And what am I being searched for? Absolutely no reason. But yeah, fun it, times. Isn't isn't that the way it, it is in the UK? If if you refuse then you're guilty of what you were charged with i thought i read that well i, I hope so i mean I hope 
Didn't okay. Samsung have a problem with their last fingerprint reader too, that someone was able to like Xerox like a super detailed version of their thumb and then hold it up to the scanner and emulate the thumbprint with like a heat lamp or something like that? So uh, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised they work with with anybody's finger if they worked that way too last. It's just interesting because there's a lot of technology that's gone into developing fingerprint readers, and then for some reason something happened where they just don't doesn't work anymore. Like the latex thumb, I would think that where they like they take the fingerprint and they use the uh, adhesive, and then like latex over the top of it to build like a mold, put it on, touch it. I'm pretty sure that that's still a thing. That's like. Yeah. It's like old spy tech, old spy movie technology. It's like seventies shit. Yeah. OG biometrics. <laughs> All right. Um. So we should take a quick break here. We'll be back, I guess, in like uh, like five or six minutes, and then um, we'll interview Wirefall. Um. So I'm gonna put on some music real quick. And all right, we'll be back in a second. Right about now, you're in tune to a man like DJ Vibes in the house.
sounds of the vibes dropping A's in.